So here's here's a, just a list of some of the random countries that were part of this World Cup. If I have Ra- did now. you say random countries? Well, not random, but like you know, what is a ra- what is a random country? A random. Okay, you know what? Let's define that. Let's define that right here, right now. <laughs> Please, because I random a random country in the cricketing uh, no, uh, vernacular. No, in, no, 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 in no one's vernacular. Oh. <laughs> 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 a random Your country vernacular. oh no we're digging myself into a hole a random country is simply a country one does not typically associate with with uh with cricket one that, um, one that no one doesn't associate with cricket okay you know what let's you know what? <laughs> we don't need to we don't need to And hello, hello, welcome everyone to Season 3, Episode 3 of In The Salmon Cricket Podcast. My name's Nuan, today I'll be hosting the show, and alongside I'll have the, uh, obviously, the very wonderful Hasith, who else would it be? <laughs> We've been doing this for three <laughs> seasons right now. Just a little while. Yeah. I'll tell you what, uh, Hasith, there's been some interesting developments in the cricket world of late, and I want to get stuck into this by discussing a, a tournament, a cricket tournament that probably deserves a bit more attention um, that has been given in the cricket world of late, and that is the women's under nineteen T20 World Cup, uh, which recently concluded a couple of days ago. India uh, came away as the champions, the Indian under nineteen girls, and uh, you know had a look at their tournament. Uh, you know, coming into that World Cup, and these girls played a near flawless uh, brand of cricket. Now. You're obviously a bit of an expert on women's cricket. You you follow the game quite closely. You know you've you've got you've got all your favourite players and stuff like that. I guess I just want to start. You know, let's be real. I didn't really I didn't really see the Indian Indian girls coming this far and winning it. I'm not trying to you know discredit their achievement, but I guess given where India is, you know, compared to the other teams we've seen over the years, um, it's quite remarkable. And I guess it shows the depth of of even of women's cricket in India. Um, I guess I just want to ask you, like, you know, what what do you think India did right, or what 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 changes occurred to see such a dominant Indian ladies team, you know, take out the the trophy? To be quite honest, I've not been following the under nineteen women's for too long, <laughs> but I think it's quite evident that I guess like the uh, the caliber of players that came through this tournament were just worlds apart from other countries. Um, mm. You know, mm. you know, you're in trouble when your opening batsman for the under-19 women's side, also opens a batting for the full-size women's side. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and has been for about a couple of years as well. I think she mm-hmm. debuted in 16. I'm talking about, of course, Shafali Verma, uh, yeah. who was the captain, the winning captain for the under-19 uh, yeah. team for India. Um, mm-hmm. Absolute menace. So I'm surprised that you're surprised, no one, considering <laughs> Shafali, Ver- <laughs> Shafali Verma captain. Wow, and also R- Richard Gosh. Yeah. Um, Richard Gosh is also the wicketkeeper for the full size, uh, the full. Uh, how do you even call that full size? The 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 all the ages women, <laughs> the seniors, the senior, the senior, the seniors women's side, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah, look, I think um, I think I think I expected India to do quite well, and I definitely wasn't surprised that they won. They were very very good, and it was really good to see players that weren't either Shafali or Richard perform really well. Yeah. I think there was a another opener who hit a couple of 90 not outs and uh, they mm. really just just pummeled the teams Mm-mm-mm. left right and center i think the only upset for me um, uh, was the was the game against australia they did quite poorly Mm-mm. they got bowled mm. out for 87 mm. 
which uh, which would have been a really interesting final had Australia made it yeah. with India. Yeah. But uh, alas, they weren't able to get it up on England. Yeah. I think I was I was just surprised with Australia to be honest because we, we I mean they had a pretty decent run as well but they they somehow just cooked that that semi final you know I think your thoughts on the Australian the, the Australian under nineteen women's team uh, you know is this a worry for us going you know into the future uh, are the you know are the likes of you know like Elise Perry and Ashley Gardner and all these like really outstanding women was that is that is that like a is that the end like are there going to be any you know other new girls up and coming that could that could carry on this legacy of, you know, dominant Australian women's cricket. I mean, it was quite bizarre. Yeah, look, I, I think honestly, just because they're Australian, I'm sure the these girls will be uh, be up and ready to go in the next couple of years. And mm. uh, we certainly haven't seen the likes, the last of the likes of someone that's like Elise Perry or Alyssa mm-hmm. Healy or you know all all these beautiful uh, beautiful players yeah. that have come in and just dominated yeah. the game. I think mm-hmm. this one game against England was just, it was just an upset. I, I, as in, an upset as in, it's all right to lose, but, you know, I guess chasing 99 mm. and getting bowled out for 96 in 18.4 overs, that is uh, that is an upset. Yeah, yeah. And it's just so unfortunate that that upset came about in the, in the semi-final. I think that's what yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know me, I love my philosophical chats and sort of getting deeper into this sort of topic. Now, obviously, you know, the Indian ladies, the under-19, they won, they've won. they now won the under-19 World Cup. Um, this is actually the first time that any Indian women's cricket team has won a global title, right? So this is the first time it's happened in Indian women's cricket. And we've seen over the years that when it comes to limited overs cricket, you know, apart from Australia... India, the Indian ladies always seem to be that team that always challenges the Aussies. You know, I remember the the two thousand and twenty Women's World Cup finals between Australia and India. Mm-hmm. And you know, India played a really good campaign up until the final. You know, could we see maybe in a couple of years? You know, we we, we already know how much the Indian men dominate. You know, Indian cricket there. Could we see like a complete domination of Indian cricket in both the men's and women's format in in the years to come? If this is how good the Indian under nineteen team is right now. Yeah, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. And, <laughs> and you know, honestly, I, I kind of invited as well because what a beautiful thing, you know, yeah. the domination of Indian cricket, men's cricket has done for the game as a whole. It's evolved yeah. so much mm. and it, it's a little bit like every other country is playing catch up to a degree in some regards, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we saw the birth of the IPL and things like that just due to the dominance of Indian cricket. Mm. I would really like to see women's cricket get up as well. And why not, you know, have that India-Australia rivalry transcend um, the sexes as well, and and yeah. you know go across the women's. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, and, and it sort of brings me to another question: Why is it that you got India by far and away leading uh, all the other the subcontinent teams when it comes to women's cricket? You know, why haven't the likes of Pakistan, Sri Lanka, um, you know, Bangladesh even? Why are they at the same level? You know, do these girls just not care about cricket, or is it a cultural <laughs> thing, or is it lack of resources, funding? I don't know. Like it's you know it's it's so bizarre. Like. Like, you know, Pakistan and India in the men's game are quite evenly matched, you'd say, at times, right? But when it comes to the women's game, it's like chalk and cheese. Like, I've seen the way the Pakistan yeah. women's team play. Nowhere near on the on the same level as the Indian women's, and they're just across the border. So, you know, what what, what what's causing that, you reckon? Yeah, no, that's, that's a really tough question to ask them. I, I think, honestly, mm. there's been a lot of progress with the, I think, the acceptance of women's sport within India over the last probably three to five years, even probably yeah. going back even ten years, you know, you got the mm. players like um like Matali Raj and Jos uh, mm. Joswami as well. These really senior, re- well respected athletes 
that mm. um, both male and female spectators of the sport in India really, really look up to. And mm. I think it needs to um, it needs to be viewed by the lights of like Pakistani uh, female cricketers as well as Sri Lankan and Bangladesh as well. Mm. There needs mm. to be some kind of like headline figure, like a role model, right? Mm. For the sport to be really taken seriously. And only then will like, you know, a Pakistani... You know, like I guess, sort of like investor, be like, all right, cool. We have we have like you know Pakistani version with Dali Raj here. Yeah, we need to try and expose, you know, this expose this player and show everyone how good she is. We need to show the world, and only mm. then will you know more people come to games and things like that. Yeah, you know, it it is marketing to a degree, but it needs to happen. There needs to be a couple of couple of females that stand up mm. and just take the whole sport on, put the country on their back for a couple yeah. of years, and only then will you sprout that kind of I guess sort of acceptance. Yeah, I think it's a cultural but, thing. It's certainly cultural because I was looking at the um, I was I was looking at the recent concluded Pakistan women's tour of Australia, and every game was completely one sided. You know, from the first ODI to right down to the last T Twenty, like Pakistan were never in the hunt for any of these matches. So yeah, there was one game where Australia scored three hundred and thirty six in their fifty overs, and you know Pakistan could only manage two thirty five. Right, and the other thing is they had. They still they had a few wickets in their hand as well, so mm. it's a bit weird. Uh, you know, it's a bit sad that I guess the other countries just don't take it as full on as as India. It'll but, come. You know, it'll come. These things take time. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of the times you see that one country has to sort of pave the pave the way for other countries yeah. to come through. Let mm. it be India. They've got the finances. They have. That you know, I dare say they love cricket more than any other country in the world in well, terms yeah. of sheer number, <laughs> <laughs> sheer numbers, right? There's no, so no questioning fine. that. Yeah. Um, Everything's like, happening happening the way that it should. I feel. Yeah, I guess with, with this under nineteen World Cup, like you know, who are like the standout players for you when it came to India or any of these countries uh, that participated? I think one good thing I want to talk about this with this under nineteen Women's World Cup is that it really mm. provided like a, a platform for a lot of non, typically non cricket nations to to have a go. Um, you know, we saw mm-hmm. the likes of Rwanda, uh, Singapore. I think uh, in, Indonesia was playing. You know, we had a few African nations that were not typically part of the sort of global cricket setup within that tournament. So, uh, like, I guess what I want to ask is, like, you know, is this is this tournament, like, a good sort of segue for cricket to become more global, given that there's 16 teams in this tournament? That's that's quite mm. a lot. It is a lot, yeah. And I think I think the good thing, the, the good opportunity that the women have opposed from the men is because, and I guess, you know, whether it be a good or bad thing, I'll leave that up to the viewers, but... Mm. Because there is very minimal, I guess, sort of funding as a whole for this tournament, mm. it allows for lesser-known countries to actually come up because there's not a lot of funding required, right? Yeah, there's not yeah. a lot of me- there's not a lot of money being thrown around, and because of that, you can include countries like Rwanda mm. and you know the UAE and things like that, mm-hmm. countries that have a really hard time getting enough funding to play in the full-size, say, men's men's tournaments, right? Yeah. So it's a really good chance for the females to actually come together as a whole from like a sort of semi-grassroot level, right? And mm. sort of come up together and, you know, they, they might be able to send the benchmark for, for other sports or even for the men's. You can, they can mm. sort of show like the blueprints as to how to make, make, this, make this world game a, like truly a world game. Yeah. I think, so here's, here's a, just a list of some of the random countries that were part of this World Cup. If I have Ran- Did now. you say random countries? Well, not random, but like, you know. What, is a, ra- what is a random country? A random, okay, you know what? Let's define that. Let's define that right here, right now. Please, because I'm a random, a random country in the cricketing uh, no, uh, vernacular. No, in, no, 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 in no one's vernacular. Oh. <laughs> a random Your country. Vernacular. Oh, no. We're digging myself into a hole. A random country is simply a country one does not typically associate with 
with uh, with cricket. One that, um, one that no one doesn't associate with cricket. Okay, you know what? Let's, you know what? <laughs> we don't need to. We don't need to. We don't. We don't do that here. Okay, this is this is. <laughs> so some of these random countries that have played in the under nineteen women's T Twenty World Cup are Rwanda, mm-hmm. number one, interesting one there. We had the United States of America. We had Indonesia. We had Scotland as well. Although Scotland have been around for a little while. I was going to say, uh, Scotland a random country? Like, what does it take to be a non-random country to you, know what? You got to at least... You got you to gotta be a country that I'm familiar <laughs> with. That's how it works. Like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I know. I'm so, I'm so biased. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, no, nah, never, we're never listening to this podcast again. But... Um, <laughs> but you, just, you just lost all two Scottish viewers that, we've, that we'll ever have. True that, now. yeah. Out there in... Is it Glasgow or is it Edinburgh? I don't know. Where Glasgow is... You need to stop. I would say stop while you're ahead, but you're not even ahead, man. <laughs> you're not even ahead. Too far gone. <laughs> oh, dear. But no, look, it's, it's, it's a good advertisement for cricket. I think how many teams participated? There was at least 16 teams. That's, that's what I saw. That's a lot. That's a lot. And I hope the ICC look at this and, you know, use these kind of tournaments as a means to expand the game, uh, make the game, you know, more popular around the world. But look, we could, uh, you know, women's cricket, we, we love it. We love to see it. We love to see it become successful. And uh, congratulations to India, the Indian under-19s team, uh, by far and away the best team. So so all, you know, all, big congrats to them. Um, and uh, happy birthday to Shafali Verma as well. I'm pretty sure she turned, she might have turned 20, maybe yesterday or the day before, like the oh, day so before the tournament final. So very good wow. birthday present for her. Yeah. She, she literally just like, just made the edge cut off. But, uh, yeah, good, I know, I know. <laughs> Good one for her there. Good one for her. But uh, look, moving on now, a bit more white ball cricket uh, in today's, I guess, you know, schedule. Um, I want to talk about, I guess, we've spoken about this on and off and it's a, it's a topic that we've spoken about, you know, in depth. But I guess given where this format of the game is, you know, it, it, it always raises a lot of debate and that is the future of ODI cricket once again. You know, I was listening to a, I was listening to a podcast uh, on Crick Info actually, and um, it was titled "Bye Bye Bilaterals." So what that means, what they what they're talking about is like what happens. What's the future of a bilateral series? Like, are people tuning in to watch that now? You know, what do we actually do about one day international cricket? We earlier saw that you know Ben Stokes uh, was retiring from one day cricket, and now he's coming back into one day cricket. England, in particular, although they're dominating the T Twenty game and the Test game. Uh, in one day cricket, it's been a little bit weird. They haven't won. I don't think they. I think they've lost their last five matches or something like that. Is that right, Nasir? Yeah, they've lost the last five matches. Yes. Exactly. So, you know, I, both you and I personally love the one day game. We grew up with the one day game. Um, that's all we ever really knew when we were kids. But we're, you know, again, I guess we come back to this topic. Like, what happens to this? What happens to this format of cricket? Like, are we only going to see it happen in the fifty over World Cup now? It's like a, it's a, it's a, it's like that middle child, as you mentioned in a previous episode, that is always a bit neglected, <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and Ben Stokes coming back to play for England in one day cricket after he was emphatic about, you know, not wanting to ever play ODIs again. Like, does, does this highlight the confusion that the cricket world feels about one day <laughs> cricket? If I may put I it so eloquently. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it, I don't know if it highlights the, uh, the format itself, but what you just said reminded me of like the fact that like we have i don't know if there's any other sport where players actually retire and then then be like then try to like come back in or say they'll come back in we had the likes of like ab de villiers say hey i'm happy to play in the world cup and he was still like really good at the time yeah i think there have been there have been times where 
Faf Duplessis has been asked to come back because obviously he's been going on a tear in the Big Bash League yeah. down on under. Um, I don't know what I don't know what's happening with our cricketers, but don't retire early if you have any doubts. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Take it all the way. Or if you want to retire, just stick to your guns because you're making things a little bit confusing for, for viewers and to selectors and stuff like that. And it's really hard to come back and decide whilst after you've retired. You know, I mean, ask Dinesh Kartik that. Yeah. <laughs> it's what, I mean, all credit to him, he's an extremely fit, fit yeah. bloke. Fitter yeah. than half the Indian teams. I'm talking mm. about you, Rishabh Pant. But <laughs> you, still have to, you still have to back it up with the bat, and the, you know what I mean? But um, I don't know. I think Ben Stokes is, a, is, a, is an interesting one because, as everyone knows, ODIs is 50 overs. It's pretty much the, the sweet spot between Test and T20s. Yeah. So if you're going to play T20s and you're the captain of the Test side... Hmm. One would hope and one would imagine that logic states that you're very, very capable of playing 50 over cricket. So why hmm. would you not do that? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I'm scratching my but, head. You know, it, it, I guess it, like in that, in, that pod, in that episode, they just, really, they just raised some really good points about one-day cricket as a format, as, a, as, a, as an entity of its own. Because, you know, obviously during the Kerry Packer era, one-day cricket was really popular because it was new. It was novel. People were like, what is this? They called it pyjama cricket, you know, seeing cricket players wear, wear, wear coloured clothes and stuff like that. Yeah. But obviously, you know, thing, you know, people got used to it. And and now it's just, you know, it's just always competing with T20. And T20 is winning, let's be real. Like that T20 is, is blowing away ODI cricket. And we do have the 50th World Cup coming up in India. But, you know, honestly, like I, I don't know. I can't gauge what the viewership will be like. It's going to be huge. You know what I'm telling you right now? You heard it here. It's in India. It's going to be massive. Of course it is. It will be massive. It will be massive. But it's like like the one-day game as an entity in its own, it's, you know, it's declining. I don't know. It, it no, really... No. I know what you're really... saying. I'm only saying it's going to be massive because it is in India. If it was, say, somewhere else... That's the thing. I'll be more inclined to agree with you. Yeah. Right? This, this World Cup is going to be big. It will be. And... You know, we obviously expect India to go really well, and if they don't win the World Cup, then you know, gosh, I hope you know, I hope someone's <laughs> house is remains standing. Um, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely double up on security, home security yeah. for, for the Indian cricket team. Huh? But like, it's just it's just an interesting one because they're like, because if you were to, if you were to market one day cricket, right, you don't know where to start. Like, one day cricket was easy to advertise back in back in the days when it was popular and new and novel because. It was just so different to tests, but now you've got like this shorter format that's that's uh, literally just it's like outstripping, outcompeting one day cricket by a long shot. Yeah, it's not even close. And so, like as a you know, as you and I, as purists of the game that love the that love that ODI game, like how do we make this format of the game prominent? You know, is it about having more meaningful series? Is it about having tri series instead of bilaterals um, to create a bit of competitiveness? Because I think for us growing up, right. One reason why One Day Cricket was so attractive to us and so exciting was because it was always played in a tri-series. You know, it was like, remember that, you know, that yeah. BB series, um, Australia, South Africa, Sri Lanka, or it was like Australia, Australia, A and Pakistan, right? Mm. And when... Australia, India, Sri Lanka. Mm. I remember that, yeah. So good. And so is that is that is that how we make ODI Cricket rejuvenate it or make it popular again? I don't know, your thoughts on this? Yeah. Um, I just want to touch on what you said previously, where you where you you brought up the fact that ODI was massive or it got like a lot of traction because it was new. Mm. I think that's pretty much what happened with the T Twenty series and mm. what happened for a little bit with the test for the test format previously is mm. happening to the ODI or did happen to the ODI format, yeah. right? The mm. only thing is, however, when tests when ODIs came after test, 
it became the second format. Mm. Now that it's now that it's test ODI and T20. Yeah. You know the you know everyone's sort of like sort of span to like concentrate on formats and things like that. It's not yeah. going to be as big. Mm. So the you know the two obvious ones because there's such a big difference between them is T20s mm. and and Test cricket, right? So, yeah. Well, touching on what you said about the bilateral um or the or the tri series, I'm so, that's one of the best things. Yeah. About ODI cricket in as a whole is yeah, such yeah, a beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah. Because you know you and I we're both from Melbourne, Australia. Mm. It's so it's so unfortunate that I can't go to the MCG, and watch Sri Lanka play another team other than Australia. Yeah. It's yeah. it's. It doesn't make any kind of sense to me, no. and like I can only do that if it's like a it's a, a world tournament or something like that. Yeah. yeah, and the atmosphere for a World Cup, although it is good, it's not the same as a tri series no. or something. Because sometimes you want to go and you don't want to be like hunched up against like a, a bajillion people. You want to yeah, exactly just relax and just watch the cricket and just, yeah. you know have a couple of beers. You know, don't have to ha- line up for hours for food and things like that, or, yeah. or a beer or what have you. Yeah, the tri series was absolutely incredible, mm. and I completely agree with you. If they want mm. to rejuvenate cricket, meaningful cricket, what That's does that mean? Way, yeah. I'm not sure what that means, but yeah, tri series right. bring that joint back in a big way. But by, by by meaningful, I guess it's 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 like knowing that every match means something towards getting that trophy. You know what I mean? Like I remember, okay. I remember as a kid, you know, like every Sri Lanka game, I would watch with with so much interest because I do the I do the maths and the calculations. Yeah, and the, the, the like, net oh. run rate, the nuance, yeah, the no. nuance, nuance net run rate, the NNRR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, like, <laughs> You know, I'd be trying to figure out. Okay, Sri Lanka beats South Africa today, but if they lose Australia by this much, they'll yeah. get to the final. And then, like you, 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 then you have to watch it. You're not. You it's feel cool. compelled to watch it. There's no need to like, you know, convince me. I'm already there. Yeah, I agree. You know, and I think what made ODI cricket really beautiful back in the day when we were growing up is just the ebb and the flow, you know, like you could be like five for 60 struggling in the middle overs and you have this massive partnership that brings it back. And then suddenly, you know, the last 10, eight overs, you have a massive burst and now you've scored 280, 290. It turns out to be an absolute yeah. a thriller, you know. But then yeah. I guess that also depends on the quality of the teams as well. So, you know... To me, the 2000s like a bit of a golden age in ODI cricket because, you know, Sri Lanka was really up as, as a very competitive team. You had the likes of India, Pakistan, all these countries that played. South Africa. It, yeah. Pretty much, it was like a peak for a lot of countries. So I'm not yeah. sure what's happened in the last probably 15 years or so. It's, but I guess I, you and I, we're, we're also looking at that time period through like through like like, like rose colored, colored glasses. Yeah. Right? You know yeah. what I mean? Like we yeah, really yeah. loved it because we had the likes of like Jai Surian, Adipadu, yeah. Ricky Ponting, Glenn McGrath, oh, yeah. Brett Lee, Callis. Yeah. I could go on. I could Peterson go on Peterson even. Peterson yeah. was good. Oh man, which one? There's, yeah. there's a couple. <laughs> Kevin Peterson, big KP. Kevin, KP. Uh, yeah. yeah. But it was, yeah. It was a good time. It was a good time for cricket. A very wholesome time when like people just played because they wanted to win instead yeah. of big cash. But but it's certainly a topic we will we'll sort of extrapolate and... and and uh, indulge in uh, once we see how the next ODI series pans out and how the World Cup pans out as well. Mm-hmm. I think to wrap things up as we come to the end of another episode is uh, I want to talk about a special player and uh, we may be a little bit late in discussing his phenomenal career and that is none other than the now retired uh, South African cricket maestro, legend, champion, uh, none other than the great Hashim Amla. Um, Hashim Amla uh, said goodbye to international cricket on the 18th of January, I think. So just a couple of weeks ago, um, retiring from all formats of the game. In my opinion, he's one of those 
all-time legendary players who doesn't get enough of a mention. You know, a bit of a Shivnar and Chandra Paul, a bit of a Sangakara in, in essence, although Sangakara really... I don't know, hang on, hang on. <laughs> although Sangakara definitely, you know, took the spotlight towards the latter part of his career and, you know, he's now... Obviously, he's highly regarded wherever he goes, but Hashimamla has always been a player that has always done... has always had phenomenal achievements, but he's just never deserved the spotlight that, that he's owed, you know. Your thoughts on Hashim Amla as a player, a cricketer, a, a human being? He's certainly one of the most elegant players that I've ever seen come out of South Africa. Yeah, I think um, Hashim Amla is a, is a special, is a special human. Yeah, I know this. A couple of South African greats had a lot of really, really good things to say about him. I think mm. he's just such, such a great servant to the sport of cricket. Yeah, um, he, you know, he he wore his heart on his sleeve every mm. time he went out to bat. Yeah. Um, he just played and played and played in accordance to what was required of him mm. as a person, as, as a member of the South African team. Um, I don't think a single person can say anything bad about Hashimamla. He played a flawless, a flawless career. So yeah, I oh, did. 100%. Off. 100%. Um, I think an innings that comes to my mind when I remember Hashimamla is in the test arena. And this was a, a, an incredible 196 that he scored at, at, the, at the Wacker, mind you. Okay. Mm-hmm. At Perth, a bouncy track against the likes of Mitchell Johnson, right, and Stark, and all these like brilliant Australian fastballers in the in their prime, like peak prime. Like this is Johnson bowling absolute like thunderbolts and Johnson the wacker. Don't even talk to me. Yeah, that's, and that's, if you watch the highlights of that innings, the way Hamler played Johnson, yeah. you you'd be like, how's this even possible? Like mm. just wristy flicks, just casually, just like He's hitting. Yeah, it, it just casually just whacking Johnson for like fours with ease, um, no fear. I mean, he might he might play and miss one, but it doesn't you know it doesn't concern him. He's a, he's the chess master of cricket. If you can yeah. make that kind of like, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I think he I think get one bogged of, down by anything. No, not at all. I think one of Amla's key strengths as a batsman. This is something that Mark Taylor mentioned is that he's extremely good with his wrists. Like he plays like a mm-hmm. real subcontinent player. Like the way he would just maneuver the ball. Yeah. Any part of the ground, um, it made him a real asset in the one-day game because yes. he was always a guy that's getting off strike, getting off strike, getting off strike, mm-hmm. you know? And before you know it, he's made like 50 off like 45 balls and there's only been one boundary. But like, he's yeah. hit so many doubles and twos and stuff like that. He's um, so good. I think, his, I think his strength is, you're mentioning wrists. If you have, if anybody, obviously, go watch his highlights if you, if you don't know who we're talking about. But um, if you don't know who we're talking about, you probably haven't been watching cricket for a long time. Yeah. Hashim Amla, when he strikes the ball, he's he's a player that has probably the one of the limpest wrists that I've seen yeah. from a batsman. Yeah. And it's so strange that when he comes down to play the stroke, when he's when he meets the ball with his bat, it's almost like cracking a whip. But yeah. then like the whip are, the whip is his wrist. Yeah. He'll play a cover drive, he'll play a cut shot, he'll come down and he'll just like snap it. Yeah. And he'll just it's just it's that itself is an art. It's really it hard is. to get timing correct, it is. but it to is. time the whip of your wrist, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a special skill. I think you know, Amla's like Amla's in that same league as like the Jawadnas, the the Sangakaras, the the Dravids. Touch players. They're all touch players, exactly right. They're very, uh, they're just all about touch and timing, and that's what makes them so graceful and elegant to watch. You know, yeah, and and I think the reason, in essence, why Amla doesn't necessarily get the limelight or spotlight he deserves because he's a bloke who purely lets his bat do the talking, you know? I don't think I've ever seen Amla do a lot of interviews. I've never seen Amla just be that bloke who's on a TV show just chatting. Like, he's just... 
he he scores yeah. a massive ton and then and then and then and then leaves. You know, like he's like, he's okay, I've done my job. Assassin. Yeah, and you know he's one of those players that you have to kind of like, like outwardly mention or you forget about how good of a player he is. I mean, yeah. you know, have a look at some of these stats. Like I, I sometimes not forget, but you sometimes just don't take the time to really appreciate how much of a phenomenal player he is. Averaging forty six. Uh, in Test cricket, with a highest score of three hundred and eleven, not out. Mm-hmm. ODI batting average of forty nine point four six. In an mm-hmm. in an and he and remember he played in an era where having an average like that was was quite unheard of. Yeah, you know, twenty eight Test hundreds, twenty seven ODI hundreds. I don't know these 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 are just mouth watering numbers. You know, almost <laughs> almost eighteen thousand international runs in total. I mean, and he played a couple of he played T twenties for a while as well. He was pretty decent at that as well. Yeah, yeah average. Yeah. Average thirty three in T Twenty international cricket with at a striker of one hundred and thirty two, which yep. which given where he was when T Twenty first started, that is actually quite quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, Eight fifty is a high score of ninety seven not out. Like I don't know, he's he's a bloke that deserves a lot more credit than he was due. But the, the, the but the interesting thing about Amla is that when you mention his name within South African cricket circles, they just have so much praise for him. Like it's 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 really nice to see. Yeah, I'm just having a look now. He's 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 also like he's such a like a he just goes about his business in such a like sort of nonchalant way. Yeah, and I think it's very like it, it it's definitely on purpose. Like that's that's the sort of like sort of vibe that he wants to like emanate when he goes out and plays on and off the field. Yeah, but like like you said, he kind of just like flies under the radar. Like mm. he's. I'm not sure if these records are still... I'm pretty sure they're still accurate, but I'm fairly sure he's, like, the fastest to, like... He's, he's cracked a lot of records. If I have a look now, I'm pretty sure he's the fastest of four, five, six, and 7,000 runs in ODI yeah, yeah, cricket. Yeah. Mm. Um, and he's always quicker too, than the like, right, I saw that too, actually. Yeah, I saw that too on Instagram. Something about him, like, taking the least number of innings to reach 4,000, 5,000, 6,000, 7,000 runs. Like, yeah. he... Yeah, and he's the second second fastest to eight thousand. So I think that's when Virat Kohli went through his like in like crazy peak. Mm-hmm. I dare say it's probably like after two thousand third, like two thousand thirteen and after when Kohli just went on a tear. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But Hashim Amla, like, it's really like I think it's like a beautiful, beautifully unfortunate thing that he doesn't get the amount of credit that you and I know and everyone else knows he deserves. But yeah, I think that's exactly that's exactly what he wants. He wants to just well, yeah. He wants to come into the, <laughs> like come into the world of cricket, absolutely destroy, yeah. and then just leave as just like this silent prince, just into the night. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's it. Just that's just like with, it's like without a trace. Hundred <laughs> percent. You you kind of you kind of look around bewildered, and you're like, what? Wait, wait, what was that? Who was that? What? Who was sure. that? Is that is that the myth? The myth? The legend? Yeah. Who, who, who was that guy that scored two fifty plus? What was his name yeah. again? <laughs> yeah, crazy. <laughs> you man. know. Um, uh, you know, I put Shivnar and Chandrapal in that category as well. I mean, how good I is Chandrapal? You know, that's a very good comparison. I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, definitely Chandrapal is a very, very similar situation to. I feel like it's always like the blokes that are always called to do like a bit of a rescue job. It's always the blokes that have to like take their team out of a hole that are they do like the hard least, work, eh? are least remembered, which is so unfair because they're like the actual heroes. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you, then it's like, and you know, the blokes that scored these like glamorous hundreds with like zero pressure, they're yeah, the ones yeah, that yeah. are seen as like, oh, the greats, greats of all time. Exactly. What you um, just said, what you just said now reminds me of like Michael Bevan and what he used to do. Yeah. Okay. Coming yeah, yeah, down yeah. like six or seven. Do you know what I mean? He did all the hmm. dirty work and he got Australia out of so many pickles, but oh, dude. he doesn't get the same recognition recognition that Mark Wall does. No. Nah, right. No. Nah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Right. You, you raise a good point there. I. I 
I can see where you're going with that. Yeah, actually. Mm. And you know what's funny? Michael Bevan averaged like 15 ODI cricket as well. Sure. That's crazy. Especially yeah. during the 90s. In the 90s, like that was... That's like average. It's hard like, to get out. You know what I mean. He came down the order. He was hard to get out. He just got it done. Like That's averaging, he had a batting average of fifty, and he was an ODI player from the nineties, which is which is unheard of. Like that's like yeah. averaging, I don't know, like, like sixty five or something. Yeah, in like in like tests consistently. So that's a it's a it's a brilliant brilliant comparison you made there. But look, on that note, uh, we've come to the end of another episode. This is obviously our first episode that's been live streamed. Um, if uh, yeah, we'll we'll see you all again for the next episode, and it's uh, goodbye for now. See you guys. Have a good week.